Okay, so it's Aparicio. Mm-hmm. I've got that now. I was like trying not to breathe. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> no, you're fine. You are listening to The Arrived Podcast, episode number 53. Hello, lovelies. I'm Bethany Reed Peterson, and you are listening to Arrived, the podcast all about helping you find your voice, tell your story, and create space for what matters. As an interior designer and now a coach, I've discovered that no matter who we are, we've all got one goal in common. We all want to feel like we've arrived. It's not often that when you take an introductory Zoom call, meeting someone half a country away, that they invite you to come out to their mailbox with them and open that mail to find nothing other than long-awaited Girl Scout cookies. (laughs) To say that that was a fabulous icebreaker is an absolute understatement, but really, I think a testament to the lovely and hilarious and heartwarming character that is my guest on the show today, Lauren Aparicio. Lauren is an actor, a model, host, singer, voiceover artist, and overall multi-hyphenate creative. If you, like Lauren, have ever felt like you have too many passions to choose just one, this is the show for you today. So listen up. Lauren's multi-hyphenated career has taken her from early days in musical theater and radio DJing into the music industry. Landing a role as a media rep for Warner Brothers Records, Lauren led tour production for artists such as Linkin Park, Chris Cornell, Natasha Bedingfield, Bush, and others. Her subsequent work in film and television production and her love for acting led her to a chance opportunity as a set assistant on the 2017 film Hangman. Lauren landed her first principal role in The Irishman and is also known for her roles on Saturday Night Live seasons 42 and 43 as well as Homeland. Lauren now has an IGTV series called Quarantined But Cute, and we're going to hear all about that, so stay tuned. Lauren also hosts several clubhouse rooms, which we're also going to chat about. Now, the thing that you're going to notice right off the bat here with Lauren is that she is completely charming, totally disarming, and 100% real, which is why I am so excited to bring Lauren on to the show today. So bookmark this episode because I guarantee you, you are going to want to listen to this more than once. Keep Lauren's voice in your back pocket via this episode for when you need her, especially on those days when you feel like you're second guessing yourself. So without further ado, my lovelies, let's crack on speaking to Lauren. Lauren, thank you so much for coming on to Arrive today. I can't tell you what an honor it is to have you on the show. Ah, girl, you're going to make me cry. Thank you for having me. It's an honor right back at you, babe. For any listeners out there who don't know about Clubhouse yet, you've got to get on the Clubhouse. So I found Lauren through a Clubhouse room, which was all about speaking your truth and being authentic. And Lauren had such an amazing, amazing message that after the clubhouse call, I totally, I think I like Instagram stalked you. I don't know what I did, but I was like, I have to get in contact with Lauren. (laughs) Let's chat about you and what is your story. I know that you call yourself a multi-hyphenated creative, which I love that. So what does that mean? 
Oh, man. Well, thank you for having me. Yes, I'm Lauren Aparicio. I'm an actor, host, content creator, entrepreneur, multi-hyphenate. And what that means is I have done a gazillion incredible jobs in my life. I started as a uh, PA and I worked in um, venues and I did a lot of sponsorship stuff with music. And I I had also a, a lot of other passions. You know, I did theater and I was a secret singer. I was afraid to show people that I sang, but I did sing behind the curtain, if you will which is also one of my shows on Clubhouse. You know, I mean, being a multi-hyphenate is not just your job, right? It's it's how you create. And I create in so many different facets from being a host to um, voice acting. I'm getting back into voice acting, which is really exciting. I was a podcast DJ and a radio DJ for a really long time, two separate things. And I just have all these different creative outlets to express myself. And I, I always loved the music business. So again, that's where I started. And then I went into tour production after. So it went from venues as a teenager to radio and podcasting in college to tour production after that and working for Warner Brothers Records to then at 25 falling into film production as an office PA. And then that blossomed into becoming a cast assistant and then also a personal chef to uh, producers and actors. And, um, you know, I, I've just always been into sort of having like a hundred lives <laughs> in this one life um, and really just discovering not only my creativity, but collaboration with people. Um, and I think for a long time, I was always very internal and did my own thing and was a loner and, and didn't really know how to collaborate because I had all this like energy inside of me. And I was like, I can do it, this, that, and that. And as I've gotten older, collaborations are really becoming more dear to me and all these multi-hyphenate things that I do, I can bring to the table in a group or a team now. And it's super exciting because I'm from the food world, the production world, the event world, the acting world, entertainment industry. That's my bread and butter. And that's mm -hmm. where I thrive. And, um, you know, I, I'm just collaborating with so many incredible humans on Clubhouse and to meet you and just to talk about my life is really exciting, but you know, it's not always been so effortless and it's only becoming more effortless in my creative space because I've had to stop hiding myself and I've had to mm -hmm. let go of these limiting beliefs that I'm not enough or that I'm never going to make that much yes. money or I'm never going to get the house I want or I'm never going to get back on my feet after COVID. You know, whatever whatever things I told myself, I, I have to remember like why I started out wanting to rip down the walls again. And, and get to know who I was. And it was because I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. Uh, the dumb and dumber quote, you know, Jim yes. Carrey says it. And, God, I and love it, that quote. It's so true, though. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. Yeah. You just get to that point where, like, you can't feed yourself your own bullshit anymore. But, you know, I feel like I still struggle with my own body dysmorphia, my own uh, body positivity, my own feelings of am I adequate enough to love or am I waiting to be perfect before someone can love me? I mean, I feel like those thoughts, those thoughts never go away. You just mm -hmm. sort of change your mindset on how when it comes into your brain, you see it, you greet it and you wish it goodbye. You know, it kind of mm -hmm. comes in and comes out, right? So, so we're never going to be able to like change the fact that our minds come from a fear base for protection of our own body, right? Yes. The lizard brain lurks. Yeah. Yeah. So I, like so many people, 
have had to come up with techniques on abundant mindset versus lack mindset. And collaboration, I'm finding, is helping me get out of my head. Lauren, there's so many places that we can go in this conversation. I know. So firstly, one, like shout out to college radio DJs. I was one myself and I swear that's why I'm a podcaster now. Yeah. I love this medium. It's so much fun. Partially, it's like I love this medium because of even like what you're saying, it's like collaboration helps us get out of our own head. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about collaboration and how you're noticing that's helping you get out of your own head. I mean, I think in a completely egotistical way, if I'm just being honest, it feels really good when someone says on Clubhouse, I resonate with what you're saying. You know, it feels so good when someone's like, I hear that. And that's Mm -hmm. sort of this little key inside my brain that I'm not saying it to say it, but that I'm in the right direction of my own thoughts. And if someone else is resonating with it, then they are thinking the same thing. And then, oh my God, I'm not alone. Yes. And so that's sort of the first step in collaboration is just knowing that like, we are all so alike. And if we just take the time to be better active listeners, which that is probably my worst quality, but I'm getting better because of Clubhouse, you know, being, being an active listener, being a better host on my show on Instagram, quarantine, but cute and on my shows, which I have many on Clubhouse. um, I can't just babble back when someone says something to me, I have to listen to what the heck they're saying. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so it sounds so simple, but we don't realize sometimes when we're so caught in our brains that if we don't effectively listen, we can't really communicate the message that is deep inside of us that we need people to hear because it's almost like burning. My acting coach, Josh Pice, always says in class, he's like, okay, does anyone else have a burning question? You know, Mm -hmm. because I think that what that does is that advocates for people to speak when it's necessary and silence themselves in a good way when it's not in order to teach. Yes. So, yeah. So I'm grateful for my training with Josh for the last like four years in his acting course, Committed Impulse. And I'm totally like, sounds like I'm plugging it, but I mean, he's not paying me to say that. (laughs) I love Josh so much. Um, and, And I even said in our class last night or two nights ago, I was like, you know what, Josh, I, in front of everybody on our zoom class, I've become a better active listener. And he said, you know, yeah, you have, it's been quite a transformation. And so when people are seeing you grow over four years, cause it doesn't happen overnight when people are see- seeing you grow and recognizing you and not to do it to be recognized, but when they recognize it and they see you recognize it within yourself, that's a powerful place to be. Because I've stepped into my own power, especially in the last year. I've talked about my ego. I've talked about my body dysmorphia. I've talked about how I am tired of people thinking that they can say and speak to me in certain ways and that I'm going to still stick around. So it's about not hiding yourself, but it's also about sticking up for yourself. Mm -hmm. And how do you do that without that little voice in your head that, that asks, are you being too intense? Are you overreacting? And I think when you're collaborating in a group or say you even have a therapist, having that like accountability helps you grow. And for me, I I only want to seek collaborative human beings here on out in my life. And I'm excited for that because I was not always the best team player. It was my way or the highway. If you can't do it my way, then you're just whatever, get out of my way. Hmm. But it's interesting that you've been able to recognize that in yourself and 
you know, call it out in yourself, but, and, and maybe you are doing this behind the scenes, but it doesn't sound like you're beating yourself up for it, but you're using it as a learning experience yeah. to grow, to collaborate with others and to just, you know, you're right. Do everything from being a, a better active listener to being, you know, more honed in your craft, which I know you host a, a show on IGTV, which we're going to talk all about. And which when you're speaking, I'm sitting here thinking like, she's such a good host. Like, I love that you're hosting your own episode right now. It's amazing. But, <laughs> Am I doing that? <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's so fun. It's so fun to just sit back and 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 let you speak, which is, I mean, why when I heard you on Clubhouse that day, I was like, sh- like, I want my listenership to listen to Lauren speak because you have so much wisdom to impart because I know you've been through a gamut of things. And, you know, even just coming out of, you know, and we don't have to go into depth on this, but like just coming, you know, I, I would say, you know, out of a sense of body dysmorphia. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. I mean, I still have it. Like I still have it. I still look at myself in the mirror some days and I'm like, Ooh, I look skinny today. Ooh, I look so obese. I like don't want anyone to see me. Um, you know, all these thoughts happen. And then like when I go on to Instagram and I do reels where I'm dancing, I'm not wearing Spanx. I'm not wearing stuff to hold me in. Well, may, actually, I think I did on this last one. Um, <laughs> I actually think I did on this last one just because the dress was a little a little too tight. But I mean, who gives a shit about that? Right. Like, look right. at Lizzo. Lizzo doesn't give a shit if her dress is tight. Right. Like it, it's not a, you know, so those are still things like I'm, I'm, and, and maybe a little fat shows is my point. Like who cares? But, uh, but we do care. And that's the thing is like, mm-hmm. I can't, I'm not going to sit here and say that I don't care that I've gained a few extra pounds. I do care because I feel it on my body. And for me, it's uncomfortable. But the difference is, is if I continue to wake up and beat myself up every day, then what am I doing here? Right. What am I doing here? It's a waste of my own time to talk shit to myself. Thank you for saying that. I needed to hear that. And I know that listeners need to hear that as well. I mean, because here's the thing, like I know listeners out there are, they're super intelligent. They have so many talents and gifts. And I think one of the things that I know I do is I'll get my, in my own way. And I think we do that. Oh yeah. I do think women sometimes like we can really get in our own way. And so knowing Mm -hmm. and, and really being able to say to ourselves, like, me talking smack or talking shit to myself, like that's not helping anyone, least of all myself. Don't wear the Spanx. <laughs> Let anything show. Like Let it hang. Right. You're right. Like Lizzo doesn't care. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and I love that. And speaking about social media and like Instagram specifically, one of the things that I find so troubling about Instagram per se is it is so heavily image focused. Whereas what's amazing about Clubhouse is it is just completely stripped of any of that facade and allows us to have these really real conversations because really how many people are showing up on traditional social media and and really yeah. talking about these things i mean i think a handful of people are maybe we, say we want that but yeah. like i don't know if we really do want that on a platform like instagram whereas like yeah. being able to have podcast conversations and clubhouse chats it's amazing the connections that we can then have and sort of collaborations yeah. really on a level even though someone might be listening to this episode in a year's time um in a way i kind of feel like we're all collaborating together because we're all sharing this moment together yeah it's really extraordinary it is this big massive family of human beings uh that are just trying to connect Like, let's just simplify it. People just want human connection right now, however they can get it, hopefully in the most positive ways. There are other ways, but you know, 
That's what people crave. Humans are meant to be with other humans. And so COVID, if anything, has taught us to cherish every single human being in our life. And also on the flip side, step away from those who are not serving our best interest, um, or maybe not even their own best interest, and to continually be around high vibrational people, but high vibrational people who are not about toxic positivity. I never want to be with friends that are like, oh, it's okay when I'm like having the worst breakdown of my life or whatever moment I may have. I want them to go, yeah, I totally feel you. I've been there. Like it sucks and blah, blah, blah. You don't want to be with people who don't recognize the pain, you know, and that try to cover it up with a bandaid. I'm not into toxic positivity. And I think on Clubhouse, because voice is so powerful, you can see right through the BS. You can see right through it. You can hear right through it, I should say, mm-hmm. um, depending on who's speaking. So you kind of find your tribe quite immediately. And then like a, a, a tribe I'm a part of is Christina Kareem's um, Soul Project. She's a Reiki master and actor. And I go in her room every single day at 12 p.m. Eastern because it is this really safe space where people are just sharing their heart, but they're also working together to work out like, are we spending too much time on Clubhouse? Where is our self-care? Um, why did I sleep until 11 o'clock today? Oh, because I was up late on a Clubhouse chat. Like, even if it's something positive, I'm also now in a collaboration in a group and a family of people where we're a making sure that we're accounting for what's happening and we're holding each other accountable for even our positive interactions. Yes. And that's awesome because I don't know if that's ever happened in my whole life. Yeah. I think that's a really interesting thing that's happening on Clubhouse that I I am seeing is like, so I'm part of one that's, I think it's called um, ADHD accountability group and they do work sprints Uh, and everyone is, you know, everyone's mic is silent and yeah. it's just there to be with other people from all over the world who have the same sort of, you know, attention issues, you know, that, that I have, or I'm like I'm trying to do a million things at once and I'm never, I feel like I can never do them, you know, to the best of my abilities because I'm not focusing on that one thing. So you're right. Yeah. There is an interesting aspect of accountability and, and that sense of finding your tribe, like you mm-hmm. say, on Clubhouse, yeah. which I think is, is really amazing. All right. So Lauren, let's talk about toxic positivity. Cause I have to say like, is that, is that your term? Is it a term? I'm fascinated. No, I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. So there's an actual definition Okay. because I did not create that. Um, so toxic positivity is the belief that no matter how dire or difficult a situation is, people should maintain a positive mindset. We all know that having a positive outlook on life is good for your mental well-being. The problem is, is that life is not always positive. We all deal with painful and emotions, uh, emotions and experiences. So like some examples are like when someone is telling you, like, I'm getting a divorce. Mm-hmm. If your friend said it could be worse or don't worry yes. about it or you'll get through this. Right. It's like, fuck you. Right. Like, that's not what you want. And it's not a, it's not about misery loves company either. It's just like recognize what someone is telling you and understand that obviously you may not be able to solve that problem or even give advice. They may need to speak to a professional, but it's, it's about not skirting the issue. And recently I had to step away from somebody that wanted just positive all the time, but this person was talking shit to me Mm -hmm. and being rude. And I'd known them for 15 years And she ended up blowing up on me over the full moon this past weekend to a place where she threatened to call the cops 
I didn't do anything. I, I was just sitting, um, eating dinner and, um, I, but I was speaking up for myself and I was saying, Hey, please don't talk to me like that. Mm -hmm. I don't like how you're speaking to me. Yes. And that person didn't like that because they wanted the control and they wanted, they wanted to control this. Everything's positive all the time. Well, if everything's positive all the time, why are you speaking to me that way? So sometimes people aren't even cognizant of how they're speaking, their tone, mm -hmm. their inflection. Um, and, and that's so important to recognize how, how are your friends speaking to you? How did, how does your family speak to you? Do you even really hear it anymore? Or are you just so used to it that you just let it fly over your head? And that's something that I've had to dive into with my own family and friends this last year, realizing that I'm not going to, I'm not going to abandon anybody, but I'm not going to stay in relationships that are not high vibrational, but also are not real. If they're not real and I can't have a real conversation about having a bad day, like it's just not going to work for me. Right. It can't all be rainbows and unicorns all day. No, it can't. I, and, and you know, that, that's why platitudes are, you know, they only get you so far because there are certain situations in life, whether it's a pandemic, a divorce, you know, some really stressful situation that you're right. Like it can't be sunshine and rainbows and unicorns. And it's so funny that we're talking about this today because actually around Thanksgiving time, I did a double feature episode on like how to be ungrateful. Yes. Because all the messaging, <laughs> all the messaging that I was seeing around Thanksgiving was how can we be grateful? How can we have a gratitude journal? And look, I do have a, I mean, I have a gratitude practice and I absolutely yeah. believe in a gratitude practice. Same, same. But it has to be when you're ready for it and when you feel in that abundant spirit. And you're so right when we are not in that mindset to just force something, it is almost toxic to our nature. Mm -hmm. And I remember around Thanksgiving time, I was like, I swear I'm going to shove a gratitude journal up someone's ass if they tell me one more time how grateful I should fucking be right now. So I was like, that's it. I'm going to create a double feature about like, don't be grateful. Like just eat your pumpkin pie. Do not be grateful. So <laughs> please send me that, please. Because I think there's this crazy dichotomy just within myself. Like I, I don't know if that's the right word. I think I like to choose big words, but don't really know what they mean. No, that's the right word. <laughs> but there is this complex, there's this complexity in me where you'll see me on clubhouse in a comedy room saying bitch and fuck and, you know, curse words. And I'm, I hope it's okay. I'm saying these on your podcast. It's totally fine. You're all adults here. But then I'm in healing rooms and I'm like, yes, like, <laughs> go, go into your soul because these are parts of me. Yes. There's so many and so multi hyphenate going back to that. Like we all do and are so many different things. I'm not just an actor. I'm not just a human being. I'm not just this. I'm not just that. And so, um, you know, for years when I was the girl that had a million different jobs to my family and friends, I looked like a shit show. But what they didn't know is that I had to discover all these things to satiate my creative brain. And mm -hmm. now I'm in a place where I've decided to delve back into acting. And it's the best decision I ever made was to be a shit show in their eyes or, <laughs> or, or a non-committal nine to fiver. Like I was never a nine to fiver. Right. I did it one time. I worked, um, at on the border. I worked in the back of their catering headquarters, which was in the back of the kitchen. I think I gained 20 pounds the first month eating queso and tortillas. <laughs> and I, and then I booked, I booked catering gigs and I was the most miserable I've ever been in my life. Oh no. 
So, so I tried it, you know, I did try it and it just was never for me, but I wasn't, um, you know, this is pre YouTube. This is a long time ago. I mean, I'm 37, but I feel like I've lived a hundred lives and I'm proud of that. Like, I'm proud that I can now say I've done all these incredible things in all of these different parts of the entertainment industry and food industry. And, and I can come to a character and bring that. I have experiences that I can add into other parts of my new found or refound mm-hmm. um, creative paths. Yes. So if, if anyone out there is listening to this and you feel overwhelmed because you're a creative that does so many different things, don't ever beat yourself up for that. Ever. Embrace that. And it's all about blocking time and organizing. And I'm saying that to you because I'm saying it to myself because I still have trouble with that. But the gratitude journal, do it if you want. Mm -hmm. Don't do it because your other friends are doing it or because having a gratitude journal is trendy and everyone has the cool binded journal that was $50. <laughs> like, like go get a fucking notepad and put down your thoughts. And I do for me, I wake up, I do, I've just started doing my morning pages with the artist way. That's amazing stuff. Yeah. Yes. Julia Cameron, Julia Cameron, it's about discovering your um, creative self and, and really finding out, you know, who you want to be in your life. Um, and it's a book I had for six years that a friend gave to me, my friend, Mary McNeil, and, uh, she's an actor in LA and she's a creative and just always been there for me. But I carried this book she gave me for six years and I didn't crack it until recently when my meditation coach, Kylie Davis was like, we're going to do a free artist way workshop. So now what we're doing is just reading a chapter a week, uh, meeting once a week to mm-hmm. ac- be accountable for each other. And it's a really great way to do it as a group. Um, But, you know, I I guess I'm digressing a little bit. I just feel like you can only do so much in a day. You can get a ton accomplished, but you can't worry about what other people are doing. Comparison is poison. And I never, ever compared myself to people until the last few years when I finally started setting out on my own path for my own dreams, Mm. not working in the entertainment business, facilitating other people's dreams. See, I didn't compare myself then. Right. Because right. I was working for them, yes. right? But then when I dropped into my creative joy, that's when I started comparing myself, which which in a way is staggering. And I was just kind of like, okay, I got to get a hold on this because I've wanted to do this dream my whole life. I now have the means and the support to do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting here comparing myself to somebody else's creation. It's such a waste of time. So don't worry, just start and then keep, doing you. And it's a hard thing to say and do, but you just have to figure it the fuck out. And you can, if you give yourself the space and the time to do so, it is not a race. It is not a marathon. It's a hike. You hike up, you look around the mountain, you take some photos, you hike a little more. Yes. You may camp out for a little bit and then you wake up the next morning, you hike a little more. You know, absolutely. No, it, it's it's so true. But it's so interesting that when we're working for other people, when we're promoting other people, when we are working to someone else's goals and dreams, we don't worry about comparing ourselves. Yeah, you don't have to. But the second you put yourself on a stage of any capacity, the second you put yourself out there, the second you decide to have a voice, that's mm-hmm. when the inner bullshit creeps in. Yeah, the growth sense. Yeah, and, and it, the imposter syndrome can you know absolutely take over if you let it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right; we can only do so many things a day de- in a day. So, why allow ourselves to focus on 
the bullshit comparison because you're right. Like that is going to rob your energy. It's going to rob mm-hmm. you of your health. Just focus on on the journey of it all. And, and it's such an interesting thing because it's like actually one of my mm-hmm. recent guests on on the show said, well, you know, really like arriving, there is no such thing as arrival. There is no such way to arrive. It's all about the journey. And of course, that's what this is all about. Oh man. Is there is no set point where you're like, I'm here, I've done it. Like there's always the next step. So I love that. I love that um, that advice. I think it's something that we all need to be reminded of. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm the most impatient person you'll ever meet. I want it yesterday. I was programmed and groomed that mm-hmm. way working in production. If you're on set and, and the director yes. needs something and you don't have it, you're done. Like, you're done. Like, it's not, there's no pass go, no collect $200, dude. Like, I was called a firecracker from the moment I started working in production. That was my nickname, firecracker on Zombieland. I was a PA. And I, when someone said, go get this, I, I was a gopher. I got that shit. And I came back faster than any PA ever would. And that's how I started my name is I knew that um, the expectation of time was so important in making a film and that if I wasn't doing my part, it can bring that production under. And that's a lot of pressure mm-hmm. to put on yourself at 25 years old, but right. it made me feel a part of something. It made me feel that if I run to go get uh, camera equipment that they need right now from Panavision and I bring it back within 15 minutes instead of 20 minutes, that could save the production hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I got to do that. So it made me feel validated. Yes. It made me feel like I had a purpose. It made me feel like I was worth something. And then with that, on the opposite side, for many years, I defined myself worth through my job. So if I wasn't working and I was on hiatus, I felt like a piece of crap. I felt like, um, what am I going to do with my life now? Because you know what? It was a distraction to me continually not living in my own truth and my own dream of going for acting and hosting Mm -hmm. and voice acting and being a performer. Because when I didn't have those production jobs, I always wondered, I'm figuring this out right now, actually. I'm figuring this out. I'm having a revelation, y'all. You are witnessing it live. (laughs) This is great. That's what I did. Oh, my God. That's why I would get so stressed in between productions is and and so sad is because I was just waiting for that next job to distract me from my own dream. Wow. Shit. Yes. <laughs> I just figured it out. I'm feeling you on that one. Uh, yeah. Do you know what? You're having this revelation. I'm having this revelation too. I'm just sitting there like listening and going, oh my God, I've done that too. Yeah. We do this. Because there is such a currency in having the next gig, the next job, the next client, the next role, the whatever it is, that when we don't have that, when we yeah. have those moments of hiatus, yes. it's like, oh God, it can't be quiet. Because if it's quiet, I'm going to get in my own head and I'm going to start shit talking. Well, and it's called being a shadow artist. That's what Julia mm-hmm. Cameron references in the artist's way. A shadow artist is someone who wanted to be a photographer, but works as a photographer assistant. A shadow artist is an actor that was an actor's assistant. Hello, me. Hmm. Um, you know, I've worked for some pretty big names in the business And while it was exciting and I went to fancy dinners and got paid pretty well, I wanted to be the actor on set. I wanted to be the one that did that. But I was so continually booking production work that I made, I made myself 
not have time for myself. Mm-hmm. Nobody else did that. Yes. It was all me going, well, if I just keep working, I I can, I don't have to worry about that dream that I had. And I know that like, maybe this is my other purpose too. That's crazy. That's insanity. Yeah. I, I, this is, this is gold. This is, this is gold. I'm like, I'm just like sitting here nodding the whole time. <laughs> Listeners obviously can't see this, but Lauren and I can see yeah. each other. And I'm just like nodding yeah. and sounds like, yes, yes. I get all of this. Yeah. I'm having revelations, y'all. Like, this is not stuff I, I don't think I've spoken on this ever about. I don't know. I'm, I think it's um, being in nature where I am, hearing the birds, not feeling like I have to constantly be in the grind or take a gig. I mean, I haven't worked in a paying job other than my Kangen water business. I haven't had a paid gig in over a year uh, in event production. But, you know, I, I've, been just creating for a year. I've been blessed and privileged yes. to have a space where I don't have to pay rent right now. I gave up my apartment in Brooklyn because I just, being quite honest, I couldn't afford it. And I didn't want to rent it out and do Airbnb. And I could have easily done that. Mm-hmm. I gave up a rent stabilized apartment. I gave up all of my friend circles and business circles because I, I didn't want to struggle and I was lucky enough to say, I don't want to struggle and I have a place to go. Not a lot of people have that choice. So I recognize that. I recognize my white privilege as well. And I recognize that not everybody has that story. And to anybody out there that has struggled keeping a roof over their head during COVID, I, I am giving you all the love and telling you to keep going. And even from a privileged white half Hispanic person that is definitely white when you look at me, you know, I know that I've been very blessed and it wasn't my choice to be born this way, but I was mm-hmm. right. Right. And it's, and it's not fair. Um, life is not fair. And the shit that's going on in our entertainment business is hopefully changing for the better. Yes. And people are becoming more inclusive and, and recognizing that everybody is beautiful. Yes. And our, and our women of color and our people of color and people who have special needs, these people need to be recognized and lifted up. These are the stories that need to be told. And I want to use my privilege to make sure that I am lifting up other people, not just myself, that have not always been treated or shown in the best light. And I've learned a lot leaving Brooklyn and, and, and looking back and going, you know, that may have been hard for me. I may have cried. I may have mourned the fact that I built uh, something pretty magical the last four years. But you know what? It's just an apartment. Yes. And if and if I am defined by my apartment, I have way bigger problems in my life. Right. But here's the thing. You are creating so much right now. And in fact, you have mm-hmm. been creating for the past yeah. year. Well, yeah, I was... I, got, I went on a tangent. Because you're doing this amazing thing called Quarantine But Cute, which I want like the listeners to know about. Yes. 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 Tell yes. us about that. This is so exciting. I've, I've been privileged to catch a few episodes, but tell us what it's about. Yeah. So that's a perfect segue. So I, I hope that didn't bring anybody down. I hope that inspired people because it's so important to just recognize who you are, where you're from, um, and, and, and your privilege. So I just want to make sure that that resonated because... Um, been a long hard road for a lot of my friends and I was able to come to Georgia in my family's home and within the first week of coming back so what happened was I got a call I was in Puerto Rico and my one of my best friends from New York called me Tony and he said Lauren Broadway is shutting down don't come back Mm. and I'm like what 
So Broadway's never shut down. Yeah. So I, I lost it. It was like, okay, well, I, my rent's paid for a couple months. I have a roommate. It'll be okay. I'll figure it out. Cause we had no idea how long this was going to happen, obviously. But I felt when they said Broadway shut down, okay, it's going to be a while. So I went home and within the first week, I immediately created this show quarantine, but cute, um, just out of fun, out of wanting to connect because I'm an extrovert. I'm also a bit of an introvert, believe it or not. And I knew that if I came home, I was going to be isolated. So I wanted to keep these like conversations to IGTV live, uh, just talking about whatever. Like there was never a big agenda. It wasn't like I'm going to create quarantine, but cute and I'm going to be famous or I'm going to put it on YouTube or I'm going to do this. It just simply started out me interviewing friends Mm -hmm. and then it grew and grew and grew to me interviewing chefs and actors and musicians and directors and my own therapist came on. Bobby. Oh, I love this. Yeah. From the Actors Fund, I had licensed clinical social workers, life coaches. We talked about mental health. We talked about racial injustice. Um, we talked about body dysmorphia. We've talked about so many things on the show. And it was truly just a way to not only have something to look forward to, but to talk about the issues of the day, to connect and to also have really fun segments with cooking and dancing and musical performances. So it's kind of like Ellen meets Oprah meets late night. And it was just a really fun thing that sort of took off. And then about four months into doing the show, I had sent it to a friend of mine um, who had become a new friend at Buckwald, Buckwald Talent Agency, And he said, Lauren, look, I know you want to be an actor, but right now, like acting's not happening. If you could do one thing for the rest of your life, what would you do? And I said, I'd do this show. I would do Quarantine But Cute because it's bringing so much joy to me. It's bringing Mm -hmm. so much joy to other people. It's keeping me out of my head and we're doing good for the world. And people look forward to coming back every Wednesday to see what guest is going to be on, to give them a little pep in their week or commiserate about something sad or, or whatever. And so- He said, I'm so glad you said that because I would love to sign you. And I'm like, what? (gasps) And he said, yeah, I just started heading up the unscripted alternative programming department. And I'm like, what's that? And he's like, yeah, I want to see how this show goes. Maybe we can pitch it. And now almost a year later, we are pitching the show to networks. Amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. It's crazy. You know, I I know that you guys are pitching now, but it's like, Girl, you've come so far. Yeah. yeah. This is like, think of what you've done. I mean, not only just like throughout, you know, all of your 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 career, but like yeah. in this past year, you've created something out of a situation that has locked everyone down, including Broadway. Yeah. So sad. Uh, including like pretty much everyone's acting career for the past year. And this is the amazing thing that you've created. And, and you're so right. It is, it, it's so fun to sit back and to have these conversations with people, with our circle of friends or people that maybe we are perfect strangers that we barely know, but we can come together yeah, and collaborate, yeah. you know, for that hour over IGTV or yeah. through a podcast episode or whatever it is. So listeners, you have to go and watch Quarantine But Cute. Um, remind me again, it's every Wednesday Every Wednesday, the time varies. Um, Next week, I have this incredible business coach on and uh, you can find out more about that. But also, like, I just want to say, like, for so many years, this is something I battle with, with being in the entertainment industry. It can be a very selfish industry. And I've sacrificed a lot of family gatherings and friendships and relationships to be in it. But for so many years, again, like I mentioned earlier, it was for other people. So now I'm like full time in it. 
Um, but also like, I've always wanted to help people. And so when I started doing it, hosting and people started messaging me, thank you so much. I've had suicidal thoughts. We had a conversation about suicide. Um, you know, I've had suicidal thoughts before this show has really helped me get excited about, you know, getting online and seeing something positive like that, that to me is success. Yes. I haven't gotten a paid a dime, a dime for my show, just so everybody knows that. Um, I truly do this because I love what I do and I always, always wanted to help people, but I wanted to do it in an entertaining way and it's coming through. And of course I, I am an actor and I want theatrical auditions that I want to book. And I did that before COVID. It was, my career was just starting to take off. But the thing is, is like, I can do both. I can be an actor, I can be a host, I can be a voiceover artist, and I can still help people by lifting people's stories up. And it's a storytelling space for people to come and not only share their talents, but share their their life journey and their story and how they got to where they are. And that to me is priceless. And I'm so grateful that it's not just me creating the show, it's the people that come on that make it so amazing to watch, in my opinion. So thank you for highlighting that. I appreciate it. It's, it is a, I need to recognize that it is a big deal. And um, sometimes I'm like, I'm just doing my show at the house, but you just never know who you're going to affect, you know? Well, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, sometimes, and I, and I don't know, but I mean, if, you know, if you're very used to working on, you know, high budget, you know, film productions and like, you know, no expenses spared, and then suddenly you strip it back to nothing but, you know, two smartphones and two people chatting over Instagram. Yeah. You know, again, going back to the comparison model, it can be very easy to think, oh, this isn't that big of a deal, but really it is because you're helping people. And it's also interesting and it ties back into what you're saying earlier about being this multi-hyphenated creative because it doesn't have to be you're either an actor or you're a host. It can be both and they both can bolster. And it's like, I've suffered this as well because I had a sort of similar path where I did a hundred different things, it feels like, before I fell into podcasting and really feeling like that's my true Mm. love. But it's like, we have to be able to recognize in ourselves that anything that we are doing, anywhere where we're showing up for ourselves and for others every single Mm. day or even weekly, whatever it might be, we're helping other people. And it doesn't have to be a this or that. We can be multi-hyphenated creatives just like you are. Yeah. When you speak your truth and you tell your story, you give permission for others to do the same thing. Absolutely. Well, so- Lauren, where can they find you? Because I know they're going to want to learn more about Quarantine But Cute. I know you've got some clubhouse rooms that you're hosting as well. So where can they find you if they want to learn more about you and get in touch and et cetera? Yeah. So Instagram is my main community. Clubhouse is also my new community, but Instagram is my main community. So it's just my name at Lauren Aparicio, A-P-A-R-I-C-I-O, Aparicio, which means apparition or manifestation. Ooh. Um, My yeah, no pressure. So, <laughs> so, see. so that my, my father is from Spain. Um, and although I didn't grow up with him, when I when I realized that was my last name, I realized I have to be very careful with my words since manifestation is a, a very real thing. Um, even when you're not trying, things manifest, right? Absolutely. Um, so yeah, you can find me on Instagram. On Clubhouse, I do multiple rooms and it's also Lauren Aparicio, same name. I try to keep it simple for everybody. So they're not like, it's not like underscore Cyberdelia 26, which was like, <laughs> that was like my old school AOL name, by the way. And I got it from from the movie Hackers. Oh my God. 
with Angelina Jolie. Okay, anyway, so yeah, so Clubhouse, um, I do several rooms. Behind the Curtain is every Friday, uh, podcast style, 9 p.m. Eastern. This week, I have Ryan Jenkins on. He's a creative director and choreographer, works with Simon Cowell, and he's a talent scout. He's incredible. Um, I do, I'm starting a new room tonight called Overheard Clubhouse. Ooh. Kind of like Overheard LA, Overheard New York, where people can come in and just say what they've heard. Um, so it's going to be pretty wild. That's at 10 p.m. Eastern. Um, I also have a dating room, an all-inclusive dating room tonight at nine, but I have a dating coach that's taking over that, Chloe Miller. Um, I do a water room about Kangen water on Mondays and Wednesdays. I mean, I, it goes on and on and on. So the best thing to do is just add me on clubhouse at Lauren Aparicio, or you can find me, um, and all of my rooms in one space at yoyo.club. Yoyo.club is like Eventbrite for clubhouse. Peter Swain created it. So people can just go to someone's URL and see all the links in one space and then add it to their calendars. So that's the best place to find me. Amazing. And I will put all of those links into the show's description so that you can just literally go in to clubhouse from your iPhone. Yes. And if you can't catch, you know, something live, I mean, I'm, I know that I know you're probably not recording these right now, but you're doing clubhouses weekly, multiple weekly plus yeah. IGTV, which then either the quarantine, but cute, you can, you can catch the replay of, but yes, yeah. go and follow Lauren on clubhouse, go and watch quarantined, but cute. She's doing amazing things. So I'm excited to catch up on some of the back episodes on quarantined, but cute. So yeah, there's some crazy ones yeah, for sure. Super exciting. <laughs> well, Lauren, as we wrap up today, I want to ask you the one question I ask every single guest on the show. And that is what is the one thing that listeners out there can do to feel like they've arrived? Stop hiding yourself. Literally just stop hiding yourself. Don't be afraid to say how you feel don't be afraid to wear that certain dress don't or, or pantsuit or whatever makes you feel powerful and really just start peeling away the onion that is you. It starts with just one thing. And for me, it was hosting. And then it started peeling away all of these um, insecurities that I had and and things, the, the bad self-talk. Like maybe maybe just go into the mirror today and say, I love you. I love you. I love you. And start there. I think that's a good place to start. I think that is a wonderful arrived tip. Lauren, thank you so much for bringing your voice to the show today. Aww. I knew this was going to be so much fun. I knew we were <laughs> going to have such it's good. a great conversation. Guys, I hope that you can like feel the positivity because Lauren and I, like, <laughs> I kind of wish actually in a way that we were recording the video of this because this has just been so much fun to see you, you know, sitting in your beautiful porch swing and chatting with me today and you look lovely. And it's just like, I love Aww, you. your energy. So thank you so much for coming on to the show today. Thank you so much for uh, committing to what you're doing as well and being so uh, professional about it and sending me that video was so sweet. I was like, wait, is she sending me like a real video and talking about me? This isn't just some like pre-done video she sends to everybody. And you guys, Bethany sends a personalized video when she wants you on her show. And that was so heartwarming. And I love everything you're doing. Keep doing it, keep going. 
If you are enjoying the Arrived podcast, I would love nothing more than to get your feedback and for you to please leave a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts. You can do it from your phone. It's super simple. Just search my show there, subscribe, and click write a review at the bottom in the ratings and review section. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Arrived. If you'd like to work with me to find your voice, you've got to join me over at atelierreed.com. 